Someone once said that people will never rise above their concept of God. You'll never go higher than the way what you believe about God. And I have found over the years of my life, by the way, I just, I'm going into 50 years of preaching. That's pretty scary. That was some old guy years ago would say something like that, not me. But over the years of my life, I've noticed in myself and in others, well, let's read a verse. See, Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, this is what it says. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways, says Adonai. As high as the sky is above the earth, are, you, are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So let's get it straight. No matter how much we think we got God down, we haven't even started yet. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts as high as the heaven. My goodness. Which means that we serve a God, a God that is literally indescribable, infathomable. He, we could never get to the fullness of you. My personal thought is it's going to take a few eternities to get to start to know this amazing God. That's not theologically right, but we'll just... A God of your own making. I want to ask you, who is the God that you serve? How big is the God that you believe in? How big is your concept of this God? We'll see in just a few minutes. So this morning I want to share with you a, a couple of stories from the Bible. Now I'm not going to be able to see that there, so I'm going to have to turn my back to you to read it, okay? So here, th this is the story of the woman at the well. Remember her? Remember Jesus says, it's King James says, I, it was very important that I go through Samaria. Nobody, no Jew went through Samaria. So here's the story. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Now I want to stop there. I get a chuckle out of this. Jesus knew that the disciples couldn't be around because they would have messed up his conversation with this woman. <laughs> hey, gentlemen, go get some food. Why? Because his ways, Jesus' ways, is not their ways. And they would have argued with him. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealing with Samaritans. Now we know that. That's very common, right? Jews and Samaritans never spoke. Yet when Jesus wanted to describe who is your neighbor... He didn't use a Pharisee or a scribe. He used a Samaritan. Interesting. For Jews have no dealing with Samaritans. Jesus said to her, now listen. She's saying, how is it that you're asking me a drink? Why are you having this conversation with me? I don't know. Remember, she wasn't of the best reputation in her town. She went at this hour because the other women had already come to the well. They didn't have anything to do with her. I love Jesus because he goes after people that we wouldn't even consider as possibilities as part of his kingdom. Amen. Let me say that again. <laughs> I think some of us in here identify with that. Jesus goes after people that we would never consider fit for the kingdom. Because his ways aren't our ways. 
And so as he, she's talking to him, and he, he says the most incredible words to her, Jesus answered and said unto her, If you knew the gift of God who is, with, who is saying to you, Give me a drink, may I dare submit today, if we only really knew about this God that's so magnificent, we would live different lives. If only you knew. If only you knew who's talking to you. If only you knew who's been speaking to you in the depths of your heart, in the middle of the night, when you're broken and you have no hope. If only you realize about this amazing God who knows you by name. Jesus says, if you knew the gift that was, who was speaking to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Now, I love this. Look at her reaction. Here is Jesus, the king of kings, the creator of the heavens and the earth, talking to her. She doesn't have a clue. And what does she say? You're going to give me water? You don't have anything to draw with, and the well is deep. How about when God begins to speak to us of visions and dreams, of winning Roseville and winning Detroit and winning Michigan. How about those dreams when he speaks to you? You say to him, how are you going to do that? You don't have anything to draw and the well is deep. I dare say God wants to give us in the next 30 years visions and dreams that will shock us. Yeah. Above and beyond what we could ask or think. Yeah. How are you going to do it, Lord? How are you going to do it? I have a feeling... That when you bought this building, some of you said, how are we going to do it? But you did. Because the God of the universe supplied all you need. If only we knew. I have to say that. I, I don't mean this critical. I say this about myself. If only we knew who he really was. We have a God of our own making who is so small. I don't know about you, but in the next 30 years, boy, that would make me a hundred. Not impossible, you know. Next 30 years, I wonder if my faith and your faith will rise to the level of a God that maybe we can understand that's bigger than we could ever imagine. Amen. So then there's then there's a story in the Bible. I love to tell, tell the stories, tell the accounts of what happened because I have news for you. The knuckleheads in the Bible are no different than the knuckleheads in this room. <laughs> I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me, all right? So let's look at this scene before these verses. Jesus takes Peter, James, and John into the mount we call the Mount of Transfiguration, and it's glorious, isn't it? Moses and Elijah come down, and they're talking, and Jesus begins to glow, and here's no wonder Jesus didn't want Peter, James, and John, and the rest of them around with the woman at the well. Peter says, hey, what about us making some ta three tabernacles up here? You see, God doesn't dwell up there. He dwells of course, he dwells up there. You know what I mean? He dwells down where the needs of the people are. He dwells in the valley where the demons take possession. He, he's with those who are bound and broken, and he wants to use us to set them free. 
You I'm talking to. Don't you look at your wife or husband and give them a nudge and tell them this message is for you. For us. I don't want to have a God of my own making. He's too small. And so they, Jesus comes down. He had left nine of the disciples there to take care of things. I don't know what he, the assignment he gave them. But I t well, let's see what happens. So Jesus comes down, and a man out of the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought my mute son, made speechless by a demon, to you. Look at this, to you. Whether, whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground, he foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, and gets stiff as a board. I told your disciples, hoping they could deliver him, but they couldn't. I brought him to you, but your disciples couldn't do anything. I wonder today how many people come to us, come to Jesus, see us, and we honestly don't have what it takes because the concept of our God is too small. I don't know about you in, in, in this area, but where we live, it seems like in the last couple of years, we have more people in the streets talking to themselves out of their stinking minds. I know one thing, Jesus went over to the maniac and, he, and the next thing you know, he's sitting dressed in his right mind. See, that's the God of not our making, because to us, we walk by and say, I can't believe that. Why don't the police arrive? You know all the, get them out of our, not on our street. We should be going up to them and delivering them in the power in the name of Jesus. I, my God's too small because I don't think that way. Sorry. I know yours isn't that small, but mine is. Here. Listen to the next thing. Hey. You know, we all think Jesus is this calm, cool, collected person. Watch this. Jesus said... Now, this is the Message Bible. This is, this is a paraphrase, but I love this guy, how he puts words together, right? Jesus said, what a generation. No sense of God. He's talking about his disciples. He's not talking about the people in the street. He's talking to the people who go to church Sunday after church, Sunday. How many times... Do I have to go over these things? Now, I don't think he's saying it with this passionate, sweet voice. I kind of think he's a little ticked. Could you think that might be the case? How much longer do I have to put up with this? Now, I thank God he was talking to them and not us. Bring the boy here. Now, I don't think he said it. I think he was kind of like, just get that kid over here. <laughs> Maybe. They brought him to him, and when the demon saw Jesus, when the demon saw Jesus, now, can I submit this to you, that you have Jesus in you, and those people out there, when they see us, they should see Jesus. They, it threw the boy into a seizure, causing him to writhe and on the ground and foam at the mouth. And he asked the boy's father, 
I love this. See, they bring the boy to him. The boy is demonic. He's flapping on the ground. And Jesus does not address the demon because the demon wasn't the problem. The father's faith was the problem. You see? So he asked the boy's father, how long has this been going on? And every, the answer, ever since he was a little boy. Many times it, it pitches him into the fire or in the river to do away with him. See, that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to do away with us, our children, our grandchildren. He wants to do away with our heritage, our spiritual heritage. And it's time that you and I say, no more. And believe in a God that is not of our own making, but believe in a God who can still deliver the drug addict and still deliver those who are living crazy lives. Do you believe that, church? Yes. I'm talking about our own homes. I don't know about you, but sometimes my, my home is a mess. I'm not talking about where Luann and I live. She keeps it spotless. I'm talking about my children and my grandchildren. I watch and I see my nephews and my nieces and I see my cousins and their children. We're absolutely out of our minds. Not your family, thank God. Many times it pitches them into the fire and do away with them. If you can do anything, do it. Have a heart. Help us. See that word, if? I put it in red. Now, I want you to see Jesus' reaction. He said, if there's no ifs among believers, anything can happen. Do you believe that? I hope you do, because God's going to put us all to the test in these last days. It's going to be church not like it's been. It's going to be living not like it's been. It's going to be believing God for water to come out of a rock and manna come from heaven. It's believing him to take the five loaves and two fish and multiply it because there's coming a day that we're not going to be able to buy and sell. You all know what I'm talking about, but if we don't have a faith in a God, if we have ifs, we're going to starve. It's time now to begin to trust him and believe him like we never have before. And Jesus is saying, if, what are you talking? Listen, I, I, I wrote down some of the translations of this. Look at this, the, the complete Jewish Bible. Yeshua said to him, what do you mean, if you can? Everything is possible to them who trust. Who's that talking to you? Huh? You! From the New American Standard, Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible to them who believe. All things are possible. So where's the limitation? It's the God of our own making. It's what we think he can do. Let's go on. Look at this. If, if I possibly can, Jesus replied, why everything is possible to him who believes. So I'm going to take you on a little trip out in space. Can we do that? All right. See, the question is, how big is the God of your own making? I want you to see Psalm 33, verse 6. Again, from the Message Bible, it's talking about when God created the universe. 
How many believe God created the universe? Oh, don't raise your hand because some of you don't. Some of you believe it was, it took billions of years. And we have in church, there's, there's Christians who believe that God, it took God billions of years. I got news for you. Their God might have taken them billions. My God spoke the word and it was done. Look at what Psalm 33, verse 6 from the message. The, the skies were made by God's command. He what? Breathed the word and the stars popped out. Bam! <laughs> right? You know what they say about the Big Bang? I believe it was a Big Bang. You get all that energy going in one spot, roar, it was a big bang. Look at, look at what the complete Jewish Bible says. By the word of Adonai, the heavens were made, and their whole host by, look in red what I put, a breath from his mouth. Not puffing and puffing as if he was out of breath. A breath out of his mouth and all the stars in the universe came flying out of him. How big is your God? Let me show you. Uh, I'm going to take it from here. Each step of mine is about three feet. I'm going to go 15 feet. Ready? One from here. Watch this. One, two, three, four, five. Oh, pretty good. So from here to there is about 15 feet. Now, anybody ever watch any of Lou Giglio stuff that he's put about? Oh, he's amazing. If you haven't, it's, it's tremendous when he talks about the stars. So this part, he, he shared, and, and I didn't know this. So, so let's, go, let's do this. It, it, could, it takes 1 million to 1.2 million Earths to fit into our sun. That's pretty big. 1 million to 1.2 million Earths to fit into our sun. That, our sun is gigantic, isn't it? But according to Lou Giglio, if you take a circle 15 feet in diameter, right? He talks about a star named Canis Majoris. Have you ever heard of Canis Majoris? He's a good buddy of mine. He's awesome. He was the largest known star at one time. He's now bumped to number five. Here's what Lou Giglio says. If you take a diameter circle 15 feet and you get a Sharpie with its sharpest point and make a dot, that dot is our sun compared to Canis Majoris. Canis Majoris came flying out of God's mouth. <laughs> right? Really? But not just Canis Majoris. The billions of galaxies came flying out of God's mouth. Isn't that what he says? By the word of Adam, the heavens were made and their host, whole host by a breath out of his mouth. People. <laughs> Popped out. Stars everywhere. Right? Well, Luann has heard me say this piece of the message many, many times about Lou Giglio and the stars. And I would go that, you know, Rawr. pretty, pretty impressive, right? <laughs> so uh, this is the truth here. One day in my devotions, the Lord said to me, 
Ron, you got it wrong. I didn't go when I spit the stars out of the universes out of my mouth. I went. And, Ron, I don't dwell in my universe. My universe dwells in me. That is not a God of my making. That's too big for me to comprehend. But that is the God that we serve. That God has called you by name. He knew you before you were conceived, Jeremiah 1.5 says, and when you, you, when you were in your mother's womb, he, the Holy One, formed you. So what does the next 30 years look like? Sky's the limit. Because this God, this magnificent God, who the stars, one ancient writing says, the stars stand at their post and rejoice. The stars, that God allows you and I to call him Abba. You're just staring at me. You're getting me very nervous. <laughs> this is amazing. That is not a God of my making. He's like really tiny. Maybe you'll do this. Maybe you won't. No. He promised he'll never leave you or forsake you. He promised he would provide all of your needs. He promised that he will deliver you in the day of trouble. What's coming, church? Days of trouble. We ain't seen nothing yet. But this is a day, the best days, that we can begin to trust God like never before. As I mentioned earlier, when it comes time that we're not going to be able to buy or sell, guess what? All of a sudden, in our backyard or our front lawn, there's going to be quail. And your neighbors are going to go, where did you get that? And you'll say, well, I'll tell you what, I'll share it. Another day, it's going to be manna. And it'll never fail. God will not allow us to go hungry. He will not fail us in the days that are coming because he's a God not of our making. This magnificent God, please hear it again. That God formed you in your mother's womb what it says not just jeremiah 1 5 psalm says other places say it. you are fearfully and wonderfully made god created you 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 why so that you would be a vehicle to express to your world when everything is falling apart let me tell you about a man named jesus when all hope is gone let me tell you about a man Name Jesus. I pray this morning these few words would penetrate deep in your heart because I have a funny feeling some of you are facing some pretty tough times. You don't know where to turn. That's not being prophetic. That's just life. I don't have to be a prophet to say that. But that God, 
is your father. And he cares about everything that goes on in your life. But not only gets you out of trouble, he wants to use you magnificently in his world for his glory. You, amen?